0: Hello everybody and welcome to this episode of Stepping into a Larger Dimension of Yourself. We established in the last episode that according to Western Scriptures, we are made in the image and likeness of God. And when God speaks I am, a unique manifestation of himself becomes conscious of itself as a unique identity. And this is our first awareness of self when we speak I am so today we're exploring deeper into your divine nature and how to consciously tap into it for protection guidance and personal empowerment again this part of yourself is referred to as the I am presence made in the image likeness of God and pure light fiery essence and it's a powerful presence it's not something separate from you It is you dwelling in the higher spiritual realms. When God created you in his own image, this means that you have free will and the power to create. He expected us to create a heaven on earth. God created heaven in the spiritual realms and man who was given dominion over the earth and is a creator in the physical world was expected to do likewise. And stepping into a larger dimension of yourself means not only to awaken to this part of yourself that exists beyond the physical, but it also means deeply connecting with that divine presence. Once awakened and connected to this reality, you're then able to access the love, the wisdom, the power of the divine presence that resides within you for guidance, inspiration, and powerful, deliberate creation. Let me tell you a story about my friend, my dear friend, Daniel Brinkley, who's New York Times bestselling author, you may know of him. In his third book, The Secrets of the Light, Spiritual Strategies to Empower Your Life, he boldly states that we are great, powerful, mighty spiritual beings of light living in a physical world with dignity, grace, and purpose. And how can he make such a bold claim? Well, Danyan's had three near-death experiences where he was pronounced dead. His first experience was in 1975 at the age of 25. He was struck in the side of the head by a bolt of lightning while talking on the telephone during a storm, which, by the way, reminds us to never do the same. And he describes in detail what happened to him. Now, keep in mind, he had never even heard of a near-death experience, and he said he wouldn't have believed it if he had. Using his own words, he said, I never gave any thought to that kind of crap until the day I landed the starring role in my own death extravaganza. Daniel has a great sense of humor. He said he immediately found himself, after this strike of lightning, tumbling down a tunnel and into a brilliant light where he entered a realm he had never even imagined existed. He describes it using these words, a glistening crystal city and a sanctuary of universal holiness where he was swaddled in the rapture of divine love. These are beautiful words coming from a young man that was actually quite coarse, as as you'll see in his life. While he was experiencing this, he said his mind and heart and soul just burst open and he realized at that moment that we can't really fathom this experience of wholeness in our human condition while we're on earth. But he instinctively knew that this was the experience waiting for each of us. He said he then found himself in a hall of knowledge where he encountered 13 beings of light and these beings of light infused into his consciousness visions of the world to come. As a result he later shared these prophecies that he was given and most of which have already come to pass. He also experienced what he calls the panoramic review of his entire life on earth. Now by his own admission up to that point in his life he was not a very nice person. He said he was the town bully everybody loved to hate. He describes this life review as seeing holographically every single thing he had ever thought, every word spoken, and his every action. And not only did he see it from his own perspective, he experienced this added dimension of becoming every person that he had interacted with, feeling exactly what they felt as they encountered him. And as you can imagine, this was quite disturbing for him as he witnessed some of the brash and sensitive actions toward others. I mean, he said he he experienced shame and guilt as he witnessed his own behavior, as well as the whole range of emotions from one extreme to another. Nevertheless, he says that this review of his life was the pinnacle of his experience there. The impact of this review and his entire experience left him a changed man. All of this happened in 28 minutes while he had been declared dead. And then, he says, against his will, he returned to his lifeless body. He didn't want to leave that place. It took him years to physically recover. And as unbelievable as it may sound, he'd survived two more near-death experiences. Once with another lightning strike and the other, a massive heart attack. He writes about these spiritual experiences in his other books also. While this may all seem incredible that someone could still be alive after these three near-death experiences, it is true. Daniel is still with us, holding his physical body together. But after this first experience, his life was completely turned around, and he returned to Earth with a very definite purpose. In 1978, he became a hospice and nursing home volunteer, and he later co-founded the Twilight Brigade Compassion and Action. This brigade is one of the largest nonprofit organizations dedicated to the training of volunteers who then serve at the tr- as transition technicians, as he calls it, at the bedside of our American War veterans. Why is Daniel's experience relevant? Whether or not you believe such near-death experiences can happen or have any validity at all, hearing such a compelling witness that actually coincides with the spiritual teachings we've been given, hearing this witness with an open mind and heart expands your awareness of just how much more there is to who you are. Daniel Brinkley involuntarily stepped into a larger dimension of himself. But we can do this intentionally, perhaps not always as dramatic as his experience, and we hope not, but definitely can be as effective. As we've already established in the previous podcast, everything is energy, which can neither be created nor destroyed. It can only change forms. So from a scientific perspective, energy is a common denominator of all things in our physical universe, including you. You are a vibrational being. Your thoughts and feelings are constantly sending out various frequencies of energies. When you're in a good mood, your energy is smooth and at a higher frequency. When you're in a bad mood, your energy tends to be more jagged and of a lower frequency. There's a very simple way to experience your energy, if you haven't already done so, that I invite you to do right now, if you're in a position to do it. Otherwise, just do it later. Simply vigorously rub your two hands together for about 5 to 10 seconds, then hold them a couple of inches apart in front of you. You'll begin to feel tingling and energy emanating from your hands and between your hands. Now once you feel that, then slowly pull your hands apart for a couple of inches and then move them back together, never touching, but just experiencing the energy between them. With this back and forth motion, you can feel the energy almost as if it is a thick block of energy. And this energy can be intensified by using your thought and intention. And if you were to turn your hands facing outward in front of you, you can direct that energy to an individual who needs help to a situation in the world. Now this concept of energy in the body and the concept of an energy body beyond the physical is certainly not new. For thousands of years practitioners of eastern healing traditions and spiritual traditions have understood meridians that correspond to various organs in the body as well as the chakras which are energy wheels of intense energy in your energetic field or your aura. Your aura is the energy that emanates from your physical form It shows itself in different colors and densities according to your thoughts and feelings and even your state of health. Curlian photography, which you may be aware of, is a technique that was discovered and developed by Semyon Curlian in 1939 and this photography captures this energy field around living things, not just people. When you pass through the process we call death, that energy leaves the physical form. Now there are seven major spiritual centers or chakras in your energetic body. It's your heart chakra that is the doorway to your I am presence, your superconscious spiritual self. It's where the world of material existence and the world of spiritual being are integrated and where the alchemy of change at the highest level can take place. I call this energy field that's centered in and around your heart, your heart space. And when you place your attention upon it, you can connect with your heart intelligence. And yes, your heart has intelligence. Now, there are many techniques, both ancient and modern, to help you access your heart intelligence and higher consciousness. Traditionally, meditation, prayer, contemplation, these are the most common And there are many different forms of each of these disciplines. And if you have a momentum on meditating, then you probably already are familiar with this energy center. Here's one way, one simple way, to begin to enter your heart space and connect with your higher self, your I am presence, to be present in that presence. Just begin by becoming still and quiet. You can take a few deep breaths in and slowly breathe out, relaxing more and more with each breath. Then you want to bring your attention from your head to your heart. You can achieve this in a number of different ways. You can simply place your attention upon your heart and the energy field around it. You can also use your imagination and visualize a ball of intense light over your heart similar to a noonday sun, just blazing and bright. One of the most effective ways that I find works for people is to imagine a drop of water falling from your head to your heart like a drip landing in a pool of water at the level of your heart. Just see and feel those ripples of water. Then visualize another drop into the pool that just bursts into a bright light. This helps shift you from the thinking mind that doesn't want to stop thinking to your heart. And once in this space, you want to accompany this with thoughts and feelings of someone or something dear to you that you love. It can be your spouse, your child, a friend, or even a pet. You dearly love. It's just important that you connect with the feeling of the heart, which is love, and this helps you get into that space. And as you maintain this focus and feeling, you'll be in that space where you find peace and equilibrium. You'll be in the presence, in the present moment when all is well. And remaining in that space, you can pose questions. And listen for guidance. This can come to you as thoughts, feelings, pictures, or even just an inner knowing. And I find, and a lot of people find, that you can pose a question and you don't get discouraged if you don't hear an answer or get the answer immediately. Many times that answer comes a little later. You can just pop into your head about something you're thinking or circumstances might be brought to you that you recognize as your answer. Someone may say something just in conversation. Maybe you've already had this happen to you and bam that was an answer for you. You're not meant to struggle without guidance and higher wisdom because it is there within you. The more you practice connecting with your higher consciousness, the I am, the better you get at it. It's an invaluable asset in your personal life in your business or job. And keep in mind, while meditation and other practices give you a deep and rich experience, they are not required to enter into your heart space. You can do so at will at any time, in any place, and remain there indefinitely or not ever leave it. It's a matter of moving your consciousness into that sacred space, which only requires a choice to make a shift in consciousness, and this can be done anywhere. Staying spiritually connected is the key to your peace, power, and potential. You'll see how helpful this is when you have a business decision to make or you're facing a difficult person or situation. Being in your heart space allows you to be in the highest of vibrations and be ready to perceive the best action or reaction to any given situation without adding more negative energy to an already difficult situation or being knocked off center yourself. Whether it is the poet Rumi's quote everything in the universe is within you ask all from yourself or Jesus quote don't look here or there for the kingdom of heaven is within you. Recognize that your return to oneness and wholeness begins with your inward journey. And knowing thyself. I'll share more processes and techniques as we go along but if you want to get deeper into this concept of staying spiritually connected including a powerful guided meditation check out my three steps to staying spiritually connected at my website at nancyshowalter.com forward slash stay connected that's nancyshowalter.com forward slash stay connected. In our next episode, we'll delve into the power of heart-centered living. Until then, keep an open mind, a generous heart, and a powerful spirit. I'm Nancy Showalter, and you've been listening to Spirituality for the Politically Incorrect. Thank you for being with me today. And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. And to follow more of my work, visit me at nancyshowalter.com.